And that, ladies and gentlemen, was Mr. Moody and his poetic guinea pigs. And now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thems, theys and thuses, we come to our main event of the evening. Featuring all the way from Cuddington, Cheshire, she is the undefeated, undisputed NaNoWriMo champion of the world. And she brings with her a perfect record of over 50,000 words in 14 days. It's Abby A. Pearson. Hi. Lovely to be here again. A pleasure to have you, Abby. And her challenger from across the ring. He is the mandatory challenger hailing from Teesside in the north of England. He has a perfect record of one Brennan and one Riz. It's Peter James. Unhealthy attachment to rodents. Martin. Good to be here. Good to be here. Welcome, Peter. I believe, uh, Mr. Martin, that you have some uh, NaNoWriMo news for us as well, sir. Yep. 50,000 in 21. Well done, sir. Well done. And once again, dear fluffy listener, we are without our American cousins, which I'm sure you'll agree is not the tragedy it seems. Our last show was described as seamless and informative, uh, particularly by me. And I can't help but feel it's due to not having any weak passengers in an otherwise wonderful podcast, especially that um, ever so slightly annoying Mr. Mouth Almighty Peter Hart. Hey, Calvin, how are you? Greetings from the United States. Yeah, that's what I was going to tell you. Awkward. Uh, Yeah. Oh, um, hmm. Well, this is ever so slightly embarrassing. Well, um, those words such as uh, passenger are just the kind of things, Abby and PJM, that I would not like to hear you say about Mr. Hartog. I'm Calvin Rodriguez, and this is Creator Chaos. Welcome, one and all. Abby, welcome, and many congratulations. That's 50,000 words in... I believe, 14 days? I did, 14 days. Yes, I'm very, very proud of myself. It was a fantastic challenge to take on because uh, I didn't know whether or not I could have the time to do it, but I found the time, I did it. You added your fantastic challenge just a few days before I hit my 50,000 mark and said, I did it in 17 days, so I had to beat you, and I kicked your ass, Kelvin. Yay! I guess I, I do think it's fair to say you uh, rather swiftly introduced shoe leather to my bottom. I did indeed. Well done, Abby. Thank uh, you. Yep. I, I, if I had a hat on, I would be taking it off to you right now. And PJM, 21 days, sir. No mean effort at all. It probably didn't help that I was following up for the last week. Yeah, so. it was. You have been so sick, bless you. You've done amazingly because you've been really poorly. Well, fourteen days is the benchmark now. Yep, fourteen days is the is the new benchmark. Uh huh. And Mr. Hartog, how are you, sir? 
I'm doing well, thank you. It's great to be back in the seat with Creator Chaos. It's been far too long. I'm glad that all of my clearances have cleared and my paperwork has been paperworked. And uh, we're back together for another rousing rendition. So what do you have for us today, Kelvin? Well, uh, I was wondering and pondering and uh, generally um, thinking about, well, we all came to know each other on Twitter. And writing community is a wonderful place to be, especially if you're on VSS365. And I, I'm going to stop because this is something that I should have mentioned before, but uh, didn't. Uh, at Voimoye, who is the mainstay and just our Twitter VSS365 god, is no longer in charge of handling VSS365 and I'm sure we'll all agree will be sorely missed and would like to thank Voimoya for all of their efforts on behalf of all of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Great job. Yes. Uh, if it wasn't for my smashed up wrist, I really would be giving a round of applause right now. But anyway. But Twitter is a tool and Talking of tools, how do we feel about self-promotion on Twitter? Mr. Hartog? It's been a challenge, to be sure. The comfort zone of trying to sell your product on all of the social media platforms without a marketing team. I mean, think about it. You've spent all that time writing the book, editing it, getting it ready to be self-published or go through an independent publisher or lit agent, whatever. But the fact is, is not everyone or most everyone isn't armed with a marketing background, a sales background. How do you handle it? What do you do? And the writing community on Twitter, especially, is all about relationships, about organically creating connections with each other because of the craft, because of like-minded uh, thoughts. And yet they're also your client base it, because writers are readers reader uh, writers need to read uh, and it's you know encouraged to you you're encouraged to read uh to expand upon your own knowledge base and so now you've got to go back into that pool and say hey i love you your bss is fantastic or your uh other writing prompts are fantastic hey buy my book and how do you do that? And where's the line? How do, where do you draw the line for something like that? It's, it is a huge challenge. What do you guys think? Abby, the line. One of the lines most definitely has to come to your DMs. And that is, if I have just followed you, do not DM me with a link to your book because I am not going to follow your link. I am not even going to continue the conversation because it's just impolite and I think you should take time to, to get to know someone before you start invading their DMs. Mm. So is a link to a DM ever acceptable? Not unless you know the person, I think, and not unless you've got a relationship with the person. Uh, and they mm. putting on it, this is only for you, AR person. It's like, yeah, me and a thousand other people. I'm not an idiot. I'm like, no, I shall leave the conversation. <laughs> PJM? Oh, I think it's the same. Although I know with the case of like, the DMs and that, that's even more like in, 
like the least person can get because that's just a bot do, uh, in charge of that. They're just putting in a program to an automate the system, so they're not have any part of it. They're just like, oh well, that just do its thing. I'm just gonna keep spamming um, message on Twitter the same by my book repeatedly, and in the hopes that someone will buy it. But there's, there's just there's no interaction. I think ultimately it works a little bit, but it's not something that you should do because it's the old scattershot approach. The the if you throw enough out there, cast enough lines out there, somebody's going to bite. It's like all of the robocalls that we get. I don't know if you get them uh, yeah, across we, the we pond. Yeah, we get things like that as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. So all the telemarketers uh, and all the phone calls, they're looking for the weakest link and they're looking for somebody to answer the phone. So if you throw all those DMs out there somebody's going to bite. I, again, I, I agree with Abby. Uh, I think we're all in agreement. It's, it's a terrible thing to do. It's not, it's, it's not any sort of way to generate relationships of any kind. And that's really what we're all looking for is to meet other writers, promote everybody's craft by supporting everybody's craft. Mm. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Definitely. Uh, well, I posed this question on Twitter ahead of our podcast, and we had some responses. Uh, the first response that rolls up is from Vita Grazia, who said, I'm on Twitter to read genuine work that regards 280 or less character pieces as the actual art form, not for promotional tweets. I ignore these kind of tweets and don't follow... Unless <laughs> unless it's done by my shameless friend at Richard Labette, shameless plug there, uh, whose books you really should buy. Uh, then Zevanesque responded with, I've just unfollowed a writing community tweeter. Sorry, I won't use that ubiquitous hashtag because they've retweeted someone begging for followers. Write your stuff, grow your followers organically. And then Marcus Vance said, a writer has to let people know they have a book out somehow, but not too often because that's spam. Make it something funny to catch your eyes, Don't, but make it put on the heartstrings and tell them everything they need to know about your book, but leave them in suspense. A few marketing hooks there. It definitely makes sense. Uh, PJM, you were going to say? I was just going to say, yeah, I mean, you got. To, he's right, but it's an art form to do it right. And some people just don't get that. I mean, I absolutely hate trying to pitch my book to people on Twitter because I never know what to say. And I think I've tried several different variations on it and I don't think any of them really sells it very well. I mean, uh, but then Monique uh, at Starfish... Uh, oh, hold on. Monique is at Starfish underscore 72 said... I think anyone could put on their timeline what they want. But don't DM people to try and sell your book. Don't mass tag people to sell your book. Most people find this very annoying. It's finding that sweet spot, really, isn't it? Definitely. I think so. I mean, I personally, I've got my pinned tweet at the top of my Twitter is to promote my book, uh, my two books. But I think that's fine because people... It's there and people can read it if they want to. If they don't want to, they don't have to. I'm not shoving it down your throats. It's just letting you know that's what I do. And then I engage with the community. I play the games. That's a brilliant way 
to 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 meet new people. I met all of you guys on Twitter. Um, I became friends with all of you guys. I've read all of you guys' work because of being on Twitter and because you haven't rammed it down my throat. I've come to get to know you and I've heard you speaking about it. I've read your VSS 365s. I've heard you on the podcast because obviously, as you know, I love the podcast. And that's how, and I think that's how it's done. And I've got a whole shelf full of people's books off Twitter because they have engaged with me. They've taken that time. And I equally have got my most of my sales through Twitter because I've obviously done a, a reasonable job of not ramming my book down people's throats, but being, you know, genuine enough that people have gone, I want to read your work. Mm. Well, do you know, Abby, um, Helen Laycock, uh, Helen underscore Laycock, agrees with you because uh, she said absolutely you're never going to get a bigger audience the best promotions are engaging at eye-catching the worst are those that just say check out my book obviously post other things in between i confess to using the mute button on serial offenders and let's see uh, alexa rose uh at uh, Rose Rigo said, promote yourself, please. Show me why I should specifically read your book. And I'll probably be by it. But if I feel like you're just trying to get me to buy your book, I'll pass without exception. So do we agree? It's Twitter is a tool that we should use for our promotion. It's how we do it. Definitely. Oh, yeah. And... Again, it's like how it's finding that balance and mastering it. I mean, I think Kelvin, like speaking about your person, we are VSSs. I think when you finally release your book, that should become a bestseller because of everyone already loves the characters through your hard work mm. on the daily VSSs. It's coming. It's coming. I promise you. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I sort <laughs> up my life and become yeah, a millionaire, you understand what I'm saying, though. <laughs> Yes, yeah. Is it, you understand where I'm coming from, though, we're saying. Because you've got the engagement down. I mean, your uh, your VSS is like often the most well liked tweet of the day that I've seen. It's the I don't first, know how you do it. It's the first tweet I see when I hop onto Twitter. It's, the, it's uh, of all of my uh, connections on Twitter, yours is the most engaged. And it's because you've spent the time to cultivate these relationships, but also by putting yourself out there and showing off your craft and, and your, master, your masterful craft, I might add, that draws different people from different parts of the world to make sure that they read what you've written. That's the ripples in the pond. That's the stone that gets cast. And when and, and and Peter's right, when you finally are able to produce that that book, you will have built enough equity where people are going to buy it. Uh, it's it's tremendous um, what you've been able to do. You will have to stop as I'm not getting my head out the door. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think Miriam Halberstam put it uh, very well. At Miriam Halberstam, said. Self-promotion on a Twitter feed is best served up as a side dish, not the entree. Yeah, yeah. true. That's right. I mean, it, if, if you're... I think there does need to be a distinction, though, between are you a writer on Twitter that wants to engage the community first 
and sell your book second? Are you trying to do both equally or are you just trying to sell your book? Because there are plenty of folks out there that, you know, regularly they set up for, uh, uh, they pay for a service, I guess, or something. And so that that regular tweet shows up about buy my book, buy my book, here it is, here it is. And it's a bunch of different uh, advertisements. Our, our slant is obvious that we would rather have the engagement. It, I mean, Abby said it perfectly. This is how I met some of my great writer friends as a result of writing communities engagement. And then from that engagement, hey, you know what? Peter James Martin wrote a tremendous book called The Strange Tales of Brennan and Riz. I think that's really interesting and I'm going to buy it. And then after you bought it, you then wrote a review. And from that review, other people will see your interest in it and they might be interested in it. And, and this is nothing new. I'm, I'm not saying anything earth shattering, but it's just a fact of how this all seems to work. Yes. And thank you. I say your review was the first one I got. Oh, I loved it. And I've, I'm on record on this podcast many, many times saying how much I enjoyed it, uh, just as much as I enjoyed Abby's uh, uh, The Wayfarer's Journey. Um, it's, and, and with Zach not here, but honorable mention, Charlie the Cupid and uh, The Trials of Amiford. The, it's, the, these are literary works I would not have normally picked up on my own if I had not seen it on Twitter and engaged uh, the writers who wrote them. And I have several writers that I have purchased their novels because of the interaction as well. Barb Avon, uh, Deck Matthews. Um, golly, I'm running a blank. It's, I, I should grab my I should grab my Kindle. No, if I popped open my Kindle and just went through all of the uh, Drew Melbourne's uh, uh, Percival Gint and the Conspiracy of Days. I've I've read so many independent writers, thankfully because of Twitter. Otherwise, I would well, never. Well, it's have funny you say Barb Avon, because Barb Avon uh, commented and said it's absolutely necessary and never shameful. Be loud, be proud. Like I always say, as long as you don't sound like an advertisement. And then, yeah, oh, she's she's and right. And then, Fox, uh, sassy savvy adventurer or Foxy Radio um, came back with. A wonderful comment just said, I'd ask Haskins. <laughs> <laughs> so what would Haskins and the commander what say to this? What would Haskins and the commander say about... So, well, um, they're MI5. They can't promote themselves at all. They would say... They would just say... <laughs> if they promoted each other, does that mean they'd have to shoot each other? Well, that means they'd have to miss each other, yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Simon Hillman said, uh, this is at Simon Hillman 7, we're here to support, read and celebrate each other. So letting people know you have a book out or something going on is great. I don't see how constant ads using the writing of any hashtag gets anyone anywhere. But with my sales, I'm in no position to judge. Well, Simon, <laughs> you're on the podcast now, sir. Um, expect them to skyrocket by one or two, maybe. <laughs> and good luck, sir. Uh, e.H. Knight said, post about your book equals awesome. Post about your book multiple times a day equals way less awesome. 
post about your book unsolicited in other people's comments, not cool. DM people about your book, just no. And A.W. Wang author nodded vigorously in agreement. It's it's true. It, most of our day is spent either at work or at home where we have the capability of being on social media for either long stretches or short stretches as what do you use with that? How do you use that time? And it, when you're not writing, I should say as well, right? Um, but when you have folks that are able to say go to uh, uh, bookstores or, or co uh, conventions. I think, Abby, you've gone to a couple of conventions uh, to promote your book or, or festivals, book festivals. I've, I've done a few events, but they've been ones that I've set up with um, a couple of shops that are actually selling my book for me. So I've gone and done sort of a meet the author event um, with... Uh, one of them was quite successful. The other two were quite quiet. So I think it's, it's hit and miss trying to find the right times to, to do it, but... It's good to get out there and sort of just let people know. Um, and it's always ends up with me just sort of chatting, having a general chat with people rather than selling the books. But those chats are just like with Twitter. You're developing rapport with potential readers or at least potential contacts. You just don't know who other people know. You never, it, some contact could turn into something that springboards the book either towards a publisher or towards an agent or just towards more readers. I, ultimately, this, this today's podcast is about trying to, uh, you know, what, what works, what doesn't, or I should say, what, what's, what's too much, what's, what, what do folks on the average want to see and how can you really do it? Not exactly a how to do it because if we, if any of us, knew the real answer to that, we'd be super, super successful. I think we're just successful by the sheer fact that we wrote a book by itself, a tremendous accomplishment. Yeah. Well, we do have uh, a different voice. Uh, this is Dr. Bourbon Sex and Coffee. Uh, so at least two things there that I like very much. That would be uh, Bourbon and Coffee. And uh, Dr. Bourbon Sex said, do it. Do it often. No one else is really going to do it for you. But then Felicia Ruiz, who is at my romanticism, said, self-promoting books or such feels so foreign to me. I detest it. It's not me. But I think promoting yourself like a brand in a way that shows more than that thing you're selling is okay. I can show more of who I am as a person and attract like-minded people as potential fans. Page AM. Well, I agree with more of hers here. Can I always say, if people get people to know you, get people like it and then show why they should care about your book. Instead of just saying, this is my book by ad nauseum. I mean, Dr. Bourbon, who... Uh, is right in the sense that obviously we're all like, a lot of indie authors we can't afford the marketing departments of the big books uh, publishers so it's right that we're the only ones who can do it but there's still a way I think to do it and that isn't pushing people away you don't never want to push customers away so you have to find yeah. a way to draw them in 
Um, now, I did get another one from Raiki MJM Wooten at R underscore MJM, who said, and I'm going to read this word for word, Unprincipled principles dug chaotically deep in the 18 inches are high honey jar on my kitchen top. Every time the teaspoon dips, I scowl just to melt. I to satisfaction as the taste create the purest of sensations. It's like self-promotion, naked amber gold that trickle symphonical. Um, if anyone would like to write in to create a chaos and explain what the hell hell that was um please uh send all your tweets to mr zach brooks that's at zach brooks <laughs> underscore what the hell was that <laughs> i am sure that will go over really well I'm, I'm very very sure it will now ladies and gentlemen boys and girls thems theys this is thus is and Anyone else in between? Of course, we are always inclusive. You are all very welcome. And a special welcome, I do believe, goes out to A.R. Pearson. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Well, I'm sure that uh, as a regular listen to our regular listen, regular listener even, to our podcast, you are no stranger <laughs> to our rant of the week i'm not in yes i know all about the rant of the week uh we've had uh mr ph's wonderful rant about star wars oh, i missed that one. Oh, and well guess what you're on the spot oh okay what? rant am i getting to do the rant Fantastic. you get to do the rant anything that grinds your gears annoys you pisses you off or in other way kind of gently upsets you the floor oh, how is long have you got? yours okay i have got something that i'm going to rant about and funnily enough i started ranting about it a little bit earlier today on facebook and on Twitter, and it's something that I'm going to take on and continue to rant about for as long as it takes for someone to listen. And that is on the topic of bullying, specifically related to bullying people who have ginger hair. Because this is something one of my children suffers with every single day. She's only 13. She gets physically abused. She gets mentally abused every single day. And it's appalling. So I've now decided I'm taking it under my hat to kick up the biggest anti-bullying campaign I could possibly can and getting as many people on board with me because it's got to stop. I mean, in my eyes, it, it pretty much equals a hate crime uh, for the amount of abuse that people get for this. And it's not new. It's, it's stuff that's been going on for years. Even my mum, who's nearly 65 now, has suffered with this since she was a little girl. And I just got to ask the question, why? What is wrong with red hair? I just don't understand it. Well, Meghan Markle thought it was all right. You think that'd be a reason why people would be bought open to it when Ron the Royals being ginger? But I uh -huh. have a confession. When I was younger, I was ginger. So I know firsthand what it's like. Because people, kids in schools can be sweet uh, and innocent. They can also be very vicious Absolutely. when they want to be. 
give them something different, and they will pick at it. I don't get it. I don't understand. What, what is so wrong with ginger-colored hair? What is so wrong that people feel the need to, to bully someone about that? What? I, I, I don't get it. No, it is, no. It is a very weird thing. Um, I used to work um, with a lady from, oh, from uh, your neck of the woods, Abby, uh, from Cheshire. Uh, I won't uh, divulge her name on a public podcast, but there were three of us in an office and she thought that she was very kind of very right on, very switched on as far as issues and, you know, uh, being very woke was concerned. Now, the other chap in our office who we should call uh, Jamie, because that was his name, uh, had a bright shock of ginger hair not quite the fire red but you know the more kind of orange kind of ginger and she would always be going on about oh ginger this ginger that and I think at one point she was quite um happy to quote the South Park uh, joke about gingers having no soul and she kept on and she kept on and she kept on and I just had enough because okay Jamie, in her defence, Jamie was a bit of a knob. But he didn't deserve this constant everyday ginger this, ginger that, ginger the other. And because she thought that she was woke and you know, particularly switched on as far as issues were concerned, decided that perhaps it might be an idea to bring her down a peg. So I said to her... Um, do me a favour, uh, write down the word ginger, and she did. I said, now write it down again, but switch the first and third letters. After that, she never called him ginger again. Yeah. Because <laughs> then all of well, a sudden well it became played. the most offensive word you could possibly use. I said, well, that's just how you're treating him. I'm not making light of that other word in any way whatsoever. I was just using it to shut somebody up who was bullying someone. Make that very, very clear before we get a lot more uh, calls and tweets into at Mr. Zach Brooks. Yeah. But there is truth behind it, isn't there? There are certain classes of people who are protected and I'm in no way, I've got nothing against anybody, but you, you could guarantee that if there was a child in the school who would say, we don't have very many black children in, in the school my daughter goes to, they would not, if they were receiving this kind of thing, it would be dealt with a lot quicker than it has been for like my daughter because she's white with red hair and it's been left to go on for over a year now and to be getting physically abused and things like that. It, it's not on and uh, I think everybody deserves to have that level it should be getting dealt with there should be no bullying for any person under any circumstances in my opinion yes exactly what happened to why can't we treat everybody equally everyone equally deserves respect and deserves to be treated as we would like to be treated regardless how hard yeah, is it? regardless oh, go ahead. of your race, your religion, your creed, uh, abilities, disabilities, colour of your hair, whatever. 
your your sexual preference. Why does this have to be an issue? It should be, this is a person. Treat them like a person. You're a person. You'd like to be treated as a person. Let's go from there. It's, it's sad, sadly, that's not the way the world works, apparently, and it's very disheartening. When I look on uh, other Twitter feeds, I look across the news and everything, and I just see more cases of these kind of yes. things going on. And I just think, well, where's exactly. the um, decency gone? I, I don't know if I told you, uh, I, I saw this tweet um, about some guy, uh, he was on Twitter and he was saying, um, saw a bloke wearing, I, I think he was wearing a one of those uh, Make America Great Again hats. So obviously a Trump supporter. And this bloke said, well, I saw this chap with this hat, needed his tyre changing. I pulled over and I helped him change his tyre. And once I'd done that, he asked for directions. So I sent him 20 miles out of his way. And just think, wow, really? Have we, all of us, become that kind of person? And the thing is, this tweet that he did got thousands of likes, thousands of them, and hundreds of replies. Not one of them said, that was a really crappy thing to do. All of them, yes... Have we really become that kind of a people where, oh, my politics are different from yours, so therefore I get to treat you like crap? The problem is that they say, oh, well, it's just because the other side does it, and it's like, would well, that make it all right? Exactly. An eye for an eye will leave the whole world um, blind and all what that. What happened to being the better person? What happened to lifting humanity up? It's a race to the bottom, really, isn't it? A race to the bottom. We've we've went through the bottom, yeah, and found there's even more bottoms to go through. Out to see what's at the centre of the earth, and can we come out the other side? I mean, how hard is it to be even, kind? Yes. It apparent apparently it is, but um, you know, hum, decency, understanding. Everybody's got whatever problems they've got. They don't need you to add to them because they think you're different, you look different, you sound different, you worship differently. I, I don't understand it. it. It's a choice. You make a choice to be kind. You make a choice to help others. Or you make that choice to be mean. You make that choice to harm others. Why? Why would you do that? You don't want to be harmed. So why would you do it? Because, of, because you're ignorant? Because you're fearful? Because you're who knows what? But at the end of the day, exactly, be kind. I mean, that person um, who, did, who wrote that tweet, who sent some bloke in a hat that they, dis they disagreed with and sent them 20 miles out of their way, how would you feel if they did that to you? All of a sudden, that would have been, oh, this evil... Uh, I don't know what, which one is the hat people. Are they the Democrats or the Republicans? One of them. All right. Well, so he would have said, oh, that evil Republicans. Republican, he sent me 20 miles out of my way. What an evil, hateful person he is. But because he's done it to a Republican, hey, isn't he wonderful? Is it, really, have we come to this? Can't we just... Um, wasn't it Voltaire? I disagree with what you say, yet yeah, I shall fight 
to the death for your right to say it. Have we really lost sight of that? Some people just think that because there is right, they'll do anything to make it that way. Regardless of what it takes to get there, it's like, oh, well, the end justify the means. And it's like, no. Now, that's how we get to the situation of, yes. of the road to hell is paved with good and intentions. Isn't it also telling that each side is so quick to call the other side bigoted or fascistic or whichever? Um, oh, you're an enemy of free speech. And yet they're so quick to shut the other side down rather than listen to a differing opinion. It's no, you, you, what are you saying, PH? Oh, no, I just, I, I, you're spot on. You're just spot on. I, I'm, Abby, I hope that uh, the school is able to do something. If they aren't, I'm proud of the fact that I know you and I know how passionate you are about the things that you hold dear. And I'm quite confident that whatever you do to promote anti-bullying and to try to put an end to it, it's going to be remarkable. Thank you. I'll certainly be doing my best. And not just on this issue, on bullying in general. I know because I I was bullied all through primary school, all through high school, even into college, even as an adult. uh, I've watched my eldest daughter be bullied to the point where her mental health cracked and she wanted to kill herself. And now I'm watching my 13-year-old go through this amount of bullying. It's just not acceptable. And I will fight for anybody who is being bullied for any reason. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully you get the action you need. Well, I'm going to be the biggest pain in their asses until somebody listens to me and helps me because it's not acceptable. And uh, I'm my daughter's keeping a diary of everything that is said to her and everything that is happening to her on a daily basis, because it's pretty hard to ignore a whole book full of incidents when there isn't a day that goes by when she hasn't recorded at least four or five different things off different people. So hopefully something will be done about it. Hashtag see red is what I'm calling it at the moment. Do you know what it's um, obviously, uh, you know, you're going through the correct channels there, Abby. Um, See that kind of book uh, that's being kept, I'm sure would be, would make very interesting reading to the local press. Mm, funnily, funnily enough, you should mention that. Yes, I've got a feeling it might be heading uh, that way if it carries on. And I've also put out for other people to let me know their stories. And if they're happy for me to share them, I'm going to be getting them out there and I'm going to be putting them all over social media so people can see what people have to put up with and what they've been putting up with and maybe realise that this is not acceptable and it's go it's going on. And why why is it going on? Because I'm sure that that school has a Twitter and Facebook account. It does indeed. Yes, it would be awful if uh, that were to become public knowledge. Uh, what is that school's Twitter account, just out of curiosity? I'll, I'll have to send it to, to Zach to make sure he tweets it out there, won't I? Yes. Yeah, because we would hate <coughs> for them. To... Weaverham High School. <laughs> yeah, we... We would hate for them to get any kind of negative publicity about bullying. Absolutely. I, w- I would not want Weaverham High School, um, excuse me, oh, God, awful cough, to receive any any bad press all. whatsoever. No. And, you know, 
you know, they are, in fairness, I mean, it's it took me going in um, and ranting at somebody who knows me well because I've been in and ranted before. But uh, they know I will not let it go um, because why sh why should I? Who Who is going to sit by and go, yeah, well, that's fine. My daughter got shoved into a locker today because she's got red hair. Yeah, that's totally acceptable. No, I'm not that parent. And I will never be that parent. And if there are other parents out there who can't do it, you can bet your ass I will. So honestly, get in touch with me via any of my social media outlets, via my email, which is wayfarer81 at hotmail.com. And let's let's kick some butt yes. on bullying. Yes. Um, I remember when my eldest child, um, she were, she just uh, come out. Uh, no, she was actually in reception class. So... That was five going on six, and a little lad there uh, decided that it was quite okay to go around hitting children, and um, the parents uh, were reluctant to do anything, and the school were reluctant to do anything either, because um, he had anger issues. Um, funnily enough, uh, we spoke to the teacher, and the teacher was saying, oh, look, they have anger issues and we're trying to deal with them. And then what we did was we spoke to the teacher with the other parent. And then I explained to my daughter that what you do is, first of all, if this child hits you again, go and tell the parent, uh, go and tell the teacher the second time that that child touches you, take your elbow and smash it sideways across that child's nose. Because you are legally entitled to defend yourself. That is the law. You've spoken to a teacher. The teacher has failed to defend you. The law states you can defend yourself. An elbow sideways across the nose makes a lot of people take notice. After that, that child never touched my daughter again. Mainly because the parent heard me tell my daughter, smash her face, smash his face in. It's a fact. That's the law. The child is legally entitled to defend themselves, as long as we're using reasonable means of defence. Um, so, Abby, perhaps the heel of the hand across the nose might work just as well. It's quicker and less likely to damage yourself. I'll be sure to let her listen to this podcast back, you know, so she can but, hear your but, sound advice. But, of course, I would never, ever advocate violence. But self-defence... No, self-defence. Self-defence, and it is the law. Tis the law. Mm. As long as it's reasonable means, i.e. don't bring a gun to a knife fight. That's kind of funny that you say that. I used that line in uh, the last chapter with uh, the sequel that I'm writing. I, I, mm. All right, I'm derailing <laughs> this back to writing. I'm sorry. But I basically said, uh, you know, I did... Holiday says, uh, I'd rather be the guy to bring the bazooka to a knife fight uh, <laughs> as opposed to the gun to the knife fight. But sorry, we are, we are a writer's podcast, but, what, but we do tackle tough issues too. And that's what I really like about this podcast. We're mm. not afraid to talk about things uh, and we're not afraid to voice our opinion about it. And again, with what Abby has brought up, it's, it's everywhere. We, my oldest son, Ben, is going to have jaw surgery at 16 or 17 years old. 
uh, because he has a recessed jaw. And one of the things that the doctor said to us was, we can, I mean, he's mm -hmm. going to need braces anyway. We can put braces on him if he starts getting picked on at school because of how his face might look leading up to it. It's such a sad state of affairs that my son might get picked on. And that's a might. We never know. It may, may never come to it. But he might get picked on because his face looks a little different. Yes. It's ridiculous. It is. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, the things out there. And it's sad it really that is. it's not just kids. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, um, yeah. kids are little bastards. Apart from, obviously, our own kids who are wonderful and perfect, everyone else's child is a little shit. But it's true, kids and are awful, but also grown-ups are terrible. It's, what is this world? Let's, everybody who's listening to this podcast, just do everybody else a favour. Resolve to be that better person. Be the person you'd like to be treated by. Yeah? Be the person you'd like to meet. Exactly. And be kind. Yes. Yeah. It costs nothing to be kind. Now, uh, we're coming towards the end of our podcast. But, uh, I do believe that Mr. PJM unless I am mistaken, and I'm not, you, sir, have a proposal to put to the rest of us. What, what, what exactly would that be, sir? Well, it won't have escaped our regular listeners that we introduced Abby as a guest last podcast, but she's here again. Yeah, I, I thought she was stalking you. No, no, I thought she was stalking you. No, no, I'm not that lucky. <laughs> Must be PH. <laughs> No, nobody stalks me. I'm not worth it. We don't use L'Oreal then. We don't use L'Oreal then. Um, well, that, you're assuming I even bathe. <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. Well. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe well, it's make-believe. My proposal was... Yes, sir. My proposal was simply, let's make it official. Um, make what official, sir? Come on, sir. Don't be mealy-mouthed. Spill it. We make Abby an official member of the Creator Chaos podcast, as assuming she accepts, of course. <gasps> well, let me think about that. Uh, hell yes. So, <laughs> so therefore, uh, I was about to say ladies and gentlemen, but uh, the other members are just gentlemen. This is uh, as far as PJM is concerned, a very loose approximation of the word. Uh, yeah. Mr. PJM has proposed that we make Abby a regular member of our club. Can I have a seconder? So you're suggesting that we bring class and intelligence and thoughtfulness so we have to a this podcast? Voice. Yep. Well, no, I'm all for it because we definitely need it. So I'm, I'm definitely, uh, 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 I approve. I heartily approve. In that case, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, them days, this is and thus is, it is a unanimous verdict. Abby A.R. Pearson shall make up one-fifth of the Creator Chaos podcast. Abby, you are very, very welcome. That's the end of the podcast as you know it. But no, I'm absolutely honoured, flattered, 
that you guys have agreed to let me come on and host with you. So thank you very much. I absolutely can't You're wait. You're very welcome. We look forward thank you for... to having you hosting. <laughs> yeah, Kel- Kel- uh, Kelvin's <laughs> boots are very hard to fill. Kelvin's boots are very hard to fill. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Next podcast, Abby will be hosting. Or perhaps we should, maybe we should uh, work you in slowly. Oh, is that PH volunteering then? Either. I'll do it. I'll do it. No, chuck me in. Chuck me in. Oh, Go yeah. on, I'll do it. I will host the next yes. one. Well, and I'm apologising right now, listeners. I'm apologising right now. Yes, why should why on earth should we work you in gently when we can just thrust it in violently? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know. True enough. Well, that's True the title enough. of uh, Kelvin Rodriguez's sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. As opposed to, oh, sorry, just spit on it. (laughs) (laughs) And thus we go from very heady, interesting topics of bullying and uh, self-promotion to, yes. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, is why you should listen to our podcast on our, uh, because you just never know what you're going to get. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thems, theys, and thises, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you with us. Abby Pearson has been... Abby Pearson, and I will see you next time. We have also had the undoubted pleasure of having with us the one, the only, it's Mr Peter Hartog. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad that we're doing this. Thank you, Abby, for joining us. And as always... Kelvin, thank you for hosting. It's been tremendous. And last but not least, the gentleman that not only did they break the mould, but they dynamited it, then buried the last remaining shards in a deep, dark hole, covered it with cement so nobody would have to put up with it again. It's Mr Peter James Martin. It's been a pleasure. And congratulations, Abby. Thank you. Thank you so much, Peter. Obviously, I'm honoured to be able to do it alongside you because, as everybody should know by now, and if you don't, said where have you been? Peter James Martin is my best pal, so this is brilliant for me. Well, thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, them's, ladies and lasses. This has been Creator Chaos. I've tried to be Calvin Rodriguez, and you've been wonderful. Thank you very much. Good night, good day, good morning, good afternoon, good time zone, and God bless. Creator Chaos is held under a Creative Commons license, meaning if you wish to use or share any of what you've heard, all you have to do is give recognition to us, the creators.